Hey gang, Melissa Hanalt here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a mom of three corporate burnout that built a secondary six-figure income around my nine-to-five with little kids. This set me free and allowed me to fire my boss and pursue my wildest dreams. It took grit, persistence, and belief. But now, operating multiple six-figure businesses as an online entrepreneur and business coach, I have become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts to take the leap and go all out and live out their dreams. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle business tips, and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three corporate burnout can go all out, so can you. All right, guys, here we are with the Burnout to All Out podcast. So excited for one of my fellow previous burnouts who is absolutely living the all-out life now, Julie Ciardi. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast today. You guys are going to be blown away and incredibly inspired just by her story and her journey. And she's going to blow you away with her tips and tricks too, because she's just brilliant. So let me start really with just kind of giving you guys the background. Julie and I actually go back to a business coaching group that we were both a part of. And I realized very quickly that she was a sister from another mother. We have very, when you guys hear her journey, you're going to realize her story is very similar to mine. And, you know, my goal is to continue to highlight incredible entrepreneurs who've broken away from that, those shackles of the nine to five. And so I, I can't imagine having a better guest in the first couple of podcasts that I have to really launch this podcast, Julie. So let me give everybody your background really quick. So Julie's a former Fortune 500 marketing VP turned multi-passionate entrepreneur. She's the podcast host of Ignite Your Side Hustle. So definitely go check that out. She believes that there's never been a better time for women to create an additional income stream, that it's aligned to her passions and their purpose on this planet. She also believes that the wild, wild west out there that's out there for these women, they're wasting so much time and money on not making money. And it's causing friction with their spouse, affecting their confidence and robbing them of their dreams. With this in mind, Julie's dedicated to helping women create profitable side hustles that give them joy, purpose, and profit with proven timeless business strategies in today's online world. So she's also the creator of Ignite University. It's a -a one-of-a-kind program that's really designed to ignite your purpose and your passion and profit for proven methodologies in business, as well as creating mastermind space for like-minded women. And also, she's a mom to two teenagers and a kindergartner, and her husband's a police officer, right? I think those are really great facts there. So welcome to the podcast, Julie. Oh my gosh, Melissa, thank you so much. First, huge congratulations to you on the launch of the podcast. When I knew you were going to be creating one, I was like, yes, the world (laughs) needs more of Melissa. So I am just big congratulations, and I'm so honored to be here. And thank you for that introduction. Yes, thank you. Oh my gosh, I have been so excited. Literally from the moment the podcast vision was in my mind, I'm like, Julie has to be on because we have to inspire more corporate professionals that know there's more to life to take that leap, right? And I think that's just a great segue for us to just dive in to Julie Ciardi a number of years ago in your corporate life, right? Can you take us back? I know it it seems like light years away, but take us back to corporate life. Yeah. You know, I can feel all the feels as if it was all yesterday too. And it's been two years since I left that Fortune 500 company. It was last July. So two years ago, July. And it's like the typical, typical story, like type A overachievers who like, okay, go to college. Okay, go to college. Okay, now I got to get my MBA. Okay, get the MBA. Okay, now you go to a company, you grow in that company, you go up the ladder, have some kids along the way, get married, have kids along the way, like this is the path of life. And I really had no examples that there was another way. Yeah, like I had no idea. Like, wait, you could be an entrepreneur. Like, what was an entrepreneur? Entrepreneur to me back in the day was a small business owner who owned a local gas station or owned the hair salon and whatever. And I just didn't see examples of, and really, let's be honest, back in the, gosh, you know, when I was going to college in the 90s, there wasn't this whole online space either, right? To be fair. But something was always nudging at me really the whole time. I always felt like I didn't quite fit into this Fortune 500 company. I always felt a little different. 
I really did. And I felt like I was made to do something else. I was made to do something else. And so what I would always tell myself and some of your viewers and listeners, this may be you. Well, when my kids are older, when they graduate, that next phase of my life, I will do my own thing. But it's really irresponsible. I mean, again, you heard Melissa say my husband's a police officer. He's a sergeant in our police department here. And I was the primary breadwinner. I mean, making very good six figure money. And I was there 18 years. It seemed almost irresponsible to even think, not even do it, but to think about doing it. Right, right. Yeah. And so I really, I struggled with it. And so do you think it was because of the risk, like the perception of risk? Because there's so much on the line. Because it wasn't like I could walk away. Right. And then I didn't know how to bridge, like, what would I even do that could get me there. I just, there was so, that's why I'm so glad that you have created this podcast and that you and I had this mission of sharing these kinds of things with people because I didn't know. If I knew then what I know now, I would have been, wow, okay, awesome. I'm going to stay in this job for a bit longer. I'm going to do this while I'm doing it. But I thought it was like either or, like I got to jump, right? right? And I didn't understand what was actually possible at the time. And that's why I love being able to share what is possible. So more people actually do it. Because I even think you may have some people that are listening or watching that they actually like their job, they like their corporate job. But I would now knowing what I know now, it's like, oh my gosh, I would always have a side thing. I would always be creating something else on the side. And so long story short, what really happened, and you guys probably believe this too, like universe, God will come in and be like, okay, I know you think you're going to wait to do more with your life when your kids go to college. But you got to do it now. And what happened was, is that this company that I had been in for, gosh, you know, at the time, 16 years, they were remote, almost fully remote. I worked from home before it was cool to work from home, right? I worked from home back in 2002 before I had my kids. And so here I was able to grow in this career, make great money, mostly work from home if I wasn't traveling. That's like a dream situation for most working moms, right? Yep. And that was hard to walk away from too. So it wasn't just the money. It was, I don't want to walk away from that. Like that would be silly, right? To walk away from that. Right, right. So what happened is, is that two years ago, actually four years ago, because I left two years ago. So four years ago, I had two years left in the company before I left. They changed their workforce strategy to go back into an office. And so all of a sudden now an office for me was two hours away one way. Oh, wow. That had been four hours away from my family with a job that I didn't really love. And I was totally burnt out in. The toxicity was through the roof. Mm, yeah. And just the way people treated each other. And oh, it was awful. It was awful. It was so bad. Like, I really think back to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I stayed that long. Which well, is and I think about, yeah, well, and I think about in corporate distress when they're making massive changes, right? And there's that corporate distress. I hear it all the time, especially from my friends in the pharma industry. People really start, they're on edge, but they're also like, it's feast or famine. People are, they're all going for that same promotion and it's not very uplifting. It's more kind of backstabbing. And, you know, when I think mm-hmm. back to that life and how stressful it was and who you were up against and, you know, that chopping block with consolidations. Okay. So yeah, I've been there. I remember it. No flexibility, even though I was working from home. I mean, at any given moment, you know, the VP above me could say, Hey, I need this now. Yeah. Your best laid plans for your day at any given moment, your schedule wasn't yours. Even as I was at a vice president level in the company and it still wasn't mine. There was still, as long as there's people above you, yeah, You're always at the beck and call and it only gets right. bigger, honestly. Right. Well, the bigger your title, like the more, I think the more accessible you have to be, yeah. the less control you have on your own totally. time. Yeah. Totally. And so when this big decision came down, I turned to my husband, I'm like, I, I got to leave. And it was, you've probably heard me talk about this story before, Melissa, but it was not like, a, oh, I decided to leave, built a business, moved on. I mean, it was a period of transition. Yeah. But I have Can you talk say, about that? Because yeah. I think a lot of people wonder, how does that happen? Yeah. How does that mindset shift start to happen? What does that look like? So it's interesting because especially for anyone that's married, my husband's like, what do you want to do? Right. And so initially, I did start initially by like actually looking for another job because again, it still was like, I don't know. But my okay. was like, I was time out, time out for all yeah. my LinkedIn students. Did you hear what Julie just said? She was looking for another job, probably on LinkedIn. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. You got <laughs> it. Yes. You have any unhappy people? Like 
I always think, and you probably teach this with LinkedIn, it's like people that are on LinkedIn often, like if they're being active on LinkedIn, they're probably, they could be not happy in their current right. job. <laughs> so, yes. so definitely keep in there, guys. So I wasn't happy. I was like, I knew I wanted to leave. So I said, okay, I'm going to start looking for a different job, but local. Mm-hmm. And because I was two hours from a metropolitan area, it was any job that was like the equivalent was like a third of the salary. Oh, third sure. of the salary sure. that I was making. And I was like, yeah. there's no way I am going to go do what I was doing for a third of the pay. Right. So that's when I said to my husband, I was like, I- I'm going to need to do my own thing. And financially, again, you know, when you are going on that path that we just talked about in life, right? Like you go get the MBA, then and you, you know, get the job and you're climbing the corporate ladder. Well, your lifestyle is going like that too. Yep. You're starting maybe in an apartment and then you're getting the bigger house and then maybe the bigger house from that. And oh, now you're going on big vacations and oh, you've got this car or that car. So here I am, you know, our lifestyle had gone alongside of my trajectory in this Fortune 500. And that's how society goes too, right? So now I have these teenagers, you know, the little guy didn't care. But the teenagers like our certain lifestyle. I mean, going to St. Martin on these big trips and whatever, right? With a 4,000 square foot house and all these things. And I'm like, I said to my husband, I said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Can we take a step back so that I can propel forward in a different direction? Oh my gosh. I yes. said, I'm going to be successful no matter what I do. Because anyone that's like, you know, a burned out corporate person, yeah, you're, you're a hard worker. If you're burned out in corporate, that means you're a hard worker, probably type A, overachiever. Like you're going to actually do that in entrepreneur world too. Yes. Well, I knew in my heart I was going to be successful. I mean, yep. was there a lot of ups and downs along the way? Yeah. However, I knew I was going to be successful, but what I said to my husband, I actually had an accountant say it and I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. He said, it's not about how much money you make, it's how much money you keep. Ah, so yeah. He said, look, if you want to take a, a step back, you got to reduce the money going out. Yep. So you know what we did, Melissa? We made a huge decision. We said, do we need this 4,000 square foot house at the sake of our happiness? At the sake of me not being near my kids? And no. Yeah. So we sold our house. This is, where, this is where you make bold moves sometimes yes. to get yeah. what you want in life and to really go after your dreams. And we, we sold our house. We downsized, went from like 4,000 square feet to 2,500 square feet. I actually ended up loving this house way more than the other house, which, you know, is so funny. But we reduced our taxes and our mortgage by 60%. Six zero. Wow. Wow. Zero, which... If you think about it again, like now I didn't have to try to replicate my salary with what the changes that we made. And my husband, he finally got to take some promotions. Like he had always wanted to become a sergeant and he always had to say no, because when you become a sergeant, you're typically on midnights. And I traveled for this company and there was, we had no one local that could be with the kids overnight. Mm. So it was a no, it was always a no. So he was able to take that next promotion, which was awesome. So that helped financially. We sold the house, did some things. We didn't go on crazy vacations for the first year, Mm -hmm. but it worked. I will tell you, so two years ago is when I left corporate. And I can honestly say, like, I I literally am not making this up. Like, I almost have tears in my eyes saying it. I wake up in the morning. Now, is it every morning? No. We're moms and it's COVID and all the things, right? (laughs) (laughs) But if I just take a second to be in gratitude... I could almost cry because these two years of not being in corporate, of doing my own thing, regardless of the ups and downs. So I will tell you what, I've had more anxiety and fear in the last two years and way more happiness. Oh, a lot more happiness. Yes. I'm willing to deal with fear and anxiety and the uncertainty that can come with entrepreneurship. Yeah. Because the happiness and gratitude and joy that I have with it. It pales in comparison. To oh my that. gosh. Yeah. So I want to drill down into that here in a minute. So I want to come back to that. But yeah. before we do that, I want to go back to that moment where you decided that you were going to sell your house. To me, that's like the moment of the leap of faith. I think about the book, Think and Grow Rich. And they talk about that mindset that I had myself in corporate, where there's that moment where literally you burn the bridge behind you, right? Like the moment you put your house up for sale, people are asking questions for sure, right? And they're probably like, what the hell is Julie doing, right? But when I think about that book, Millionaire Mindset, they talk about how that is how when you just absolutely move forward, like there's the bridges on fire behind you, there is no other option. And you're going to make this happen. 
You do, right? So I love your story around that. And I have a very similar experience with you with kind of the jockeying of time and being able to come home and my husband's career being able to take off and even saving money from a childcare standpoint, that it really evened itself out in that first year of flux, right? I love all of that. But let's go back to the anxiety, right? Because I hear you. There is highs and lows in entrepreneurship, right? I want you to speak more to that. I, I mean, I have my own thoughts around this, but I would love for you to speak more to the payoff of, you know, the highs and the lows of the anxiety and just working through that as an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's so fascinating because it's there's so many facets to that. So I'll kind of talk about a few of them, right? Yeah. So you start with your own anxiety and fear and worries and all the things that you have yourself, right? Just you and yourself in your head of like, okay, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Am I doing this right? Oh, that didn't work. I'm not making the kind of money I thought I'd be making right at this point and all these things, right? Like there's so much. And you almost feel that bit of like graspiness. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. scarcity in the beginning because you're yep. just not sure. You don't have that belief in yourself yet. So you're dealing with that in and of itself, like in its own little bubble, okay, right. of yourself. And the biggest thing I can say to anybody from that perspective is that just really remember nothing happens overnight. Just please remember that. And that oh my gosh. It takes yeah. time. And I would say that first year is such a big year. And the lows were bigger in my first year post-corporate than now, for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you get to, and you learn how to deal with different things, right, as right. well. But in the bubble of myself and my own self-doubt and anxiety and worries, I worked on that. I worked on it hard. I mean... Yeah. To me, my mindset and working on who I am being, that got me through a lot of that first year. And it's still obviously to go to the next level. Yeah, I did that with coaches. I did that with podcasts and books as much time there as I did on how do I use Instagram? How do I use LinkedIn? What's my marketing strategy? Like those are tactics. Those are hows. Right. right. Those are just the way, the execution. Mm-hmm. But if you don't get up here right between the ears, it doesn't work. Right. Oh, so, amen. And really surrounding myself. So that's the one bubble. The other bubble, what starts to happen, and spouses, family members, people mean so well. But if they're not entrepreneurs, if they're not in this space, like my husband, that I would say the first year, it was hard because oh. he's like, so when are you going to make what you're making at? the fortune 500. Like yeah. he really thought like, thanks. I'm so glad he had that much belief that I actually could, but he kind of thought it was going to happen like this. And I'm like, well, this is going to take time. So I had done that work on myself to know this is going to take time. Right. And then I'm going to keep showing up and I'm going to you know, have the failures and keep learning and all that. But then when you have your spouse, you know, like, well, what's going on? Like, why, why aren't you where you're going to need to be? And like, whew, like it feels Oh, yes. So now you're dealing with the anxiety, especially if you're a primary breadwinner, like this anxiety of like with your family of, of performing. Yeah. So oh twofold for a lot of people. I mean, some people, yeah. every once in a while, I will meet someone that has a spouse that is like, this is amazing. I'm so glad you're doing this. <laughs> well, I will say, you know, I would say from my own personal experience, you know, my husband has always been super supportive. But to your point, when I first launched this whole LinkedIn training, I think he thought I'd lost my mind. You know, it was like, but to your point, he's been in a small family owned business his entire career. He's very comfortable and God bless him. We have a great dynamic in our household, but you know, there was definitely, you could just hear the doubt in his voice of like, don't understand. no, no, like no. He's a police officer. He's like, what are you doing online? I don't even <laughs> understand what you're talking about. So my biggest piece of advice on that is why I said podcasts, coaches, community, you know, books to help you on your mindset. Personally, when you're dealing with the other people in your life, you got to protect yourself from that. And the best way to do that is to not actually expect that they're going to get it and support you. So if I do a launch and it goes well, or I do a launch and it goes not as well as I want, my husband, he's going to be like, all right, good job. But like, he's not going to understand what went into it, the, the devastation sometimes when something doesn't work the way you think it's going to. So you got to make sure you surround yourself with other entrepreneurs, coaches, community. It's the same thing because yes. that can help you in those moments. I can remember two years ago, the coaching group that I was in back then, my husband and I had gone out for dinner and I came home in tears. I mean, I was like crying because it was like, he just expected things were going to be at a different stage. And well, you need to go back and get a job. Okay. He's like, you're going to need to go get a job if you can't do it. Right. So now we're like this friction. And then I feel even worse about myself as an entrepreneur and my progress. Right. Right. And I went into that group and I literally was so vulnerable and in, you know, in tears and just sharing what was going on and feeling what I was feeling. And I got so much help and support in that moment to build me up and to help me move forward versus stopping 
Yep. Stopping and going back on LinkedIn for a job. Right. <laughs> right. right. Oh my gosh. Community Don't is do it alone. everything. Don't yeah. do it alone. I would say, I mean, it's definitely possible, but it's way harder, way more frustrating, hurts more, like be with your people that are going to help you. And also, again, I can't reiterate it enough. I mean, you agree as well. From the second I left corporate, not even the, when I was in corporate starting the side gig before I left, I got a coach. Yeah. Like I have had a coach every single year. Now it changes. It's, it's, you know, it depends on where I'm at and what's going on. And you kind of are always growing and moving with coaches. You should be, but I always had someone Yeah. because I didn't want to do it by myself. I didn't want to figure it all out and recreate it. Like, this is say yeah, such a great point. I mean, I actually, I made a big post about this the other day. And I think that it's so important what you bring forward and what you're talking about when you're making that transition from what you know that you know from corporate America to this whole new space. I'm a big fan of John Maxwell. It's one of his laws of leadership. It's that law of the lid, right? Like you have to recognize where your lid is and then go seek out people who are two, three, 12 steps ahead of you and be willing to invest, invest in their expertise to help raise you. I know I'm going to give her a huge shout out, Kayla Craft. I invested way more than I ever thought I ever would. Me too. I worked with her too. Yeah. Yeah. And she took me light years beyond what I ever thought I could accomplish. And then landing in her mastermind, to your point, with that community of people whose mindset, many of them is even further ahead than mine. To your point, that's where you get your love and your support. It totally is. And I would say two things, especially for those that are listening and watching that are in corporate, because the idea that you're going to pay for a coach can be kind of strange because when you're in corporate, for the most part, they do that for you. They pay for leadership classes. They pay for, you know, I mean, the personal development there is usually nowhere near as what you get in the entrepreneurial world. However, the company I was in, I mean, there was a lot of different things that they did to help get developed leaders, right? Right, right. So it's kind of like, well, I have to pay for this. It's like, well, yeah, because it's a huge investment to, to be able to go forward. But the second big thing is you got to do the work. Yeah. So you got to show up and leverage the coach. You got to show up and leverage the community. You've got to put the work in. They're not the magic answer either. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you've got to find the person that's going to help you and find the community that's going to help you to be able to go forward. But you got to show up, you got to show up and do the work and leverage it. And there is no magic bullet. Yes. Oh my gosh. Such good stuff. Okay. So Julie, take us on your journey. So I want people to hear kind of the evolution and the rebirth of you're a serial entrepreneur now, right? Um, You know, one of the things I love to say is at first it felt like it was a huge risk. And now with each leap of faith and and reiteration and new opportunity in business, I realized I'm more willing to take more risk. Can you walk everybody through that first step out of corporate? What did you do? What was your business? And then where did you go from there? I would definitely say don't do what I did. Listen, (laughs) like if you're listening to this podcast and or watching this, you, you know, you won't because you're you already know more than I did then. But I still didn't understand this world. One, I just had stepped into some network marketing and I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. But I thought it was like, oh, look, a cute little baby. I'm like, oh, what a cute baby. That's fun. You know, didn't think it could actually create real money. You know what I mean? Like I was doing it for fun. I really was doing it for fun. I always say that to people, like if you're in network marketing, go after that corporate exec because they're bored. They're, bored they're, they're, they want something. It's not about the money. That's yeah. not what's enticing them so much. Yeah. They, want, they want like something else in their life lighting them up. So right. I, that's how I saw network marketing. So when I was like, all right, they gave me the taste. I want to go on. I didn't think I could actually build a six figure plus income in network marketing. Okay. Right. And you got to remember too, I was like high level, like I'm making a lot of money. Like I need to be able to go from here to somewhere over here. And I didn't think network marketing would do that. Well, I've obviously know better now, but I didn't then. And so then, and I didn't really understand the online world either of information and coaching and all these things. And here I was in marketing for 18 years. I had a lot of genius I could bring forward and all of that, but I didn't see that it was possible yet. Mm -hmm. So you know what I did? I love fashion and style and all the things. Yeah. I opened a brick and mortar boutique as my (laughs) first business. Please don't do this, anybody. Obviously now, like with everything that's gone on with the pandemic, obviously everyone's doing everything online now, but back then small businesses. And I love the idea of having a small business in my community and creating this incredible brand. And I got to tell you, I started it, you know, basically back in 2015, 2016 is when I started to develop it. I was still working. So I was building this brick and mortar boutique while I was working. Still oh, I didn't realize market. you were still working. Oh yeah. Wow. With a, little, with a, a newborn? Little oh, he was, one? Yeah, like, he was little. He was like yeah. 18 months. Yep. And so <laughs> 
but I was determined. So and I, you are kind of peddling your network marketing business too, yeah. right? So here's okay. I always okay. say to anyone that complains, like, well, I don't have enough time yeah. to do network marketing while I'm in corporate or, or do the side gig. I'm like, I built a six figure boutique business, brick and mortar. I opened it while I was still working at the fortune 500. I staffed. I, well, here's the thing though. This is what's fascinating. Obviously ton of overhead, big investment, all the things, but building the brand and, you know, doing all the marketing. I mean, I got that local business, right? A physical business to six figures in revenue in four months. Oh, and wow. I did that because of the marketing and building the brand and all the expertise that I had. But here's the funny thing. I went, oh, this was fun, but this isn't where I'm supposed to land. Ah. So I actually ended up selling the boutique. So I sold my first business and I was like, now I had seen what network marketing can do. I started to see what the online space in general, whether it's coaching or services, consulting, all of those things. And I was like, oh, now it's time to pivot. Game on, right? <laughs> Game on. It's time to pivot and decided to go down the route of helping other. Here's the biggest question that would come to me inside the boutique. And I wasn't even in there a ton because I had staff because I, you know, I was home, I was working, whatever. But when I was in there or people would like message me and go, how did you do this? I have always wanted to do X, Y, Z. I've always wanted to do da, 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 right? I would see the people in corporate like, I want to do something else. I want to do something else, right? And that's when I knew I did that. So I had it under my belt that I could do it myself. And I had all the marketing experience from corporate. I thought, I need to help other people do this. Yeah. I need to help other people go after their dreams. Yeah. And that is when the big shift turned to, you know, I started a podcast two years ago called Ignite Your Side Hustle, helping women be able to create whatever that is, whether it's in network marketing, coaching, you know, VA services, whatever it is, social media services, whatever they do to help them be able to get that to become a income generating business for them so that they have choice. Right. You know, right. All right. Chances are, if you're listening to my podcast today, you are a social seller of some aspect. You're in business, you're online somehow. Do you want to find more business builders in less time to 10x your business without playing the daily Instagram and Facebook game? Are you tired of being on the hunt daily for new customers of your product to then try to bait and switch them? You know what I'm talking about. To be interested in building a business with you. I have been there. The biggest mistake I see that slows down the expansion and stability of a social seller's business is that they spend way too much time recruiting on media for consumption of their company's products and way too little time in direct conversations with like-minded professionals that would love to actually hear about the business opportunity at hand. I then see so many painstakingly trying to drag customers through the sand to catch the vision of a business model that the consumer has no interest in, wasting time and getting burnt out. Can you relate? If you know my story, you know I've been there and since cracked the code and now drive a highly profitable social selling business 100% off of LinkedIn. Imagine finding with ease customers highly motivated for what services you have to offer to grow them, their business, or to become a business partner with you. That's what you will hear from my students who've gone through my previous LinkedIn method trainings. You don't have to look far. I am so excited for the birth of my brand new academy that has been built out based off of the success and the feedback of my previous students who graduated from my programs. So introducing to you the LinkedIn Method Academy. In this six-month academy, you will learn to become a business recruiting master on LinkedIn to 10x your business, transform how you brand yourself as the business owner that you are, and master attraction marketing that results in prospects begging to get into your calendar to learn more about what you have to offer. The LinkedIn Method Academy is a first of its kind. It's an ick free social sellers recruiting method dream. We take away all the spammy tactics that you've been taught on Insta and Facebook. And I teach you how to position yourself as the professional business owner that you are. I teach you how to professionally build your business brand, create an ideal network and pipeline generation that creates massive momentum and a funnel of weekly calls with viable, motivated humans who are eager to learn more about what you have to offer. It's high touch coaching, on-demand learning vault that's uniquely customized to meet you exactly where you are on your LinkedIn journey. And we have a dynamic Facebook community with ongoing live training, performance labs and workshops, and hot seat coaching to support your six-month journey to owning LinkedIn. 
You also get assigned a personal concierge who will stay with you through the entire program to support you and hold you accountable. Did I mention that there'll also be polished top selling social sellers who went before you and are now mentors to share best practices and give feedback in the academy? Guys, this is unprecedented and peerless. There's nothing else out there like this. Think immersion in a community that is the utmost professional and results driven that will help raise your own bar of performance along the way. Do I have your curiosity? Come check out our free five-day LinkedIn method workshop streaming live on our Facebook page, Burnt Out to All Out. Starting October 19th, we'll be kicking off a five-day workshop completely free with tips and tricks. Now, if you're just eager to get started and enroll today, you don't want to wait, go to our academy. Go to www.livethefreelife.co, www.livethefreelife.co. Enroll by October 25th and save 20% as an early bird. Now, there's limited seats. I'm doing that on purpose. I want to keep it high vibe and high touch, all right? So what are you doing in these final months of 2020 to create your trajectory for 2021? If you're looking to 10X your lead generation for business in 2021 through a step-by-step process of proven methods, condensing time and driving results, you found the right home. I hope to see you in the academy. Oh, I love this. Okay. So, and I love that with every story, like the outcome you learn from, right? Like I'm sure there's so much you learned from the launch of that bricks and mortar and also where you are now in the online social selling space. You have that perspective when you're speaking with other professionals or business owners that you know what an asset your network marketing business can be online. And you can speak from experience. I actually had the same conversation with a guy who ran financial services the other week and how, I mean, he was making over half a million dollars a year in financial services, but he would look out the window and see a guy next door mowing his lawn and wish that he could have time to mow his own lawn, right? And I think that's the difference between like running and owning a bricks and mortar versus, you know, having, being in this online social selling space. Completely. And here's the other thing. I love the whole mindset, you know, and not even mindset, but I mean, like kind of that spiritual, you know, why are we here? Who are we being kind of thing? I listened to Jim Fortin is one of my favorites out there. He is amazing. He has an awesome podcast and it's all about the inner work, all about the inner work, especially. And you go through this evolution of your being, right? And the person I am right now is a totally different version of Julie than she was when she was back in corporate. Okay. Right. So I've evolved, evolved, evolved. my being has evolved. And what I have learned about myself is that I value freedom over finances all day long. Yes. Yes, I want the money. Yes, I want the things. Yes, I want to go there. But I will not do that at the expense of my freedom. Yes. Yes. And that was a huge awareness to me. So now when I'm making decisions in my, you know, with what I'm going to do in my business, I am extremely deliberate about that, Mm. that I can, once you're your own boss and you can decide, you can decide how you're going to do it, do Mm -hmm. it with intention. So for me, I knew I have to design things that are going to work with freedom being my biggest value. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I hope the listeners are really listening in, especially my LinkedIn community that I'm coaching, because a lot of those folks who are active on that platform, what they really want is freedom, right? They've got the finances down. So now, I mean, you catapult, like we condensed time, you've left corporate, you did the bricks and mortar, you sold that off. You launched a network marketing business that went phenomenally well. You've been a serial entrepreneur. Now, you're doing coaching, right? You've got this whole Ignite University. You've got the podcast. You've got this network marketing company that's humming, right? And you know, one of the things I always love to do with my all-out guests is for you to share like your zone of genius today. And I promise my listeners that you were a marketing queen. And I think that some folks are new to how do I brand myself on media so that I can be attracting the ideal client the ideal business partner. Now, obviously, you and I both know that there's weeks, months of training that really can happen with that. But I know that you're just an absolute guru with this. And I'd love, you know, over the next little bit of time we have is for you to share your nuggets, some golden nuggets on personal branding online. I know one of the things I said before we went live is that no matter what business you're in right now, no matter what business you're in, given the state of affairs, you're online. 
Like whatever you're promoting, if you used to not do it online, I mean, I even have financial advisors coming to me saying, can you teach my advisors how to build a brand on LinkedIn? Because they can't go to belly to belly events and, you know, promote their business right now. It's all online. It's all social selling, right? It is. So, so I would love for you to just share with us your current nuggets on personal branding. Yeah, I love that. I'm so passionate about this because here's the thing. I felt this way before everything happened with the pandemic, but you know, we have a gift. Okay. And it's so funny because when I say this, people are like, oh, but social media is a gift. Okay. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. It, this is that mindset. This is a huge mindset shift. And then I'm going to talk about the personal brand part, part of this. So it's a huge mindset shift because people get frustrated with it. Oh, I got to go do this. Oh, I got to do Instagram. I got to do LinkedIn. I got to do Facebook. I don't know what I'm doing, but all this stuff, right? I want you to think about people prior to 2008 or 2007 or whenever Facebook came out. Okay. LinkedIn wasn't even out there yet. I mean, Facebook, Instagram wasn't out there yet. LinkedIn, I don't know. How long has LinkedIn been around? That's a good question. Maybe like 10 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think 10 years ago, let's go, you know, a little further than 10 years ago, social media doesn't exist yet. How did people grow businesses? Did they grow businesses? Yes. Did network marketers become six-figure million-dollar earners? Yes. Okay. We know it's possible without social media. But how much harder was it? Mm. How much slugging of themselves to hotel conference rooms, to book events, and all the work that goes into trying to fill seats? And now you're always on the phone, or you're cold calling people, or you're almost like that door-to-door salesman kind of. Okay. Yeah. Now be thankful. Right. Think of that. And then think about what you have in the palm of your hand. (laughs) You have the ability. I want you to look at social media as a gift to connect with your ideal customer, connect with your ideal business builder and be thankful for that. And if you can change your mindset on that and just be so thankful that you have this opportunity to go well beyond your zip code, well beyond family and friends to grow your business. Mm-hmm. You can't just grow your business with family and friends, okay? <laughs> no local business would do that, right? You can start there. You got to go bigger, right? There is no better way right now to build your business, no matter what your business is, doesn't matter yeah. what your business is, than through online and through social media as your prospecting and connection engine. So I really feel so strongly about that. There's a lot of complaining and oh, I hate social media and all that. Be so thankful. And you know what? <laughs> There's plenty of people you can learn from so that you can learn. You had said something like personal branding guru or marketing guru. I'm not. Like here, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. I believe that you need different levels of skill and learning when it comes to social media platforms, mm-hmm. marketing, marketing strategies, and all of that at different levels of your business. Okay. If like, I'm not going to tell you I'm a marketing guru when it comes to Facebook ads. I have a Facebook ads person. I work with people starting out. Someone that's starting out is not going to be running Facebook ads. Someone that's starting out does not need to become the same level user on Instagram that a huge influencer blogger is on Instagram. Right. And that is the gap that I fill Mm -hmm. is that I watch women at the very beginning stages of growing their business and they're comparing themselves to these bloggers and influencers with hundreds of thousands of followers. And I always joke with with their children all in their brand colors of peach and mint, perfectly curated in their their feed, right? And that's great because that's where they are. Right. And so they need to know how to have a perfectly curated feed or they're not going to get the brand deals. Okay. That's not you. That's not the person. So I work with, so I'm not a marketing guru when it comes to like, I mean, I could be, that's not where I specialize. I specialize in the person that's just starting out Mm -hmm. and I call it hashtag stop the spin. (sighs) What is the minimum you need to know to go and start growing your business? You do not need to be an Instagram expert. You can on LinkedIn. I know you do the same thing. Like I'm going to teach you what you need to know, right? right? Not everything, right? You even, I think you even like have a tiered approach or however you do, you start and then you go because you don't need to teach all, it's too much. And when someone's at a certain part of their business, they don't need the rest of that, right? So where I really zero in is helping people know what they need to know when it comes to personal branding, social media. And it's funny because I am sure there will be marketing gurus that will hear what I say and they're like, don't use hashtags. What are you talking about? Well, you know what? I know that the word hashtag overwhelms my woman to the nth degree. Like, what do you mean hashtags? And what do I need to do? I don't need to. I'm like, you know what? Once you're making a certain amount of money, we'll worry about the hashtag. Mm -hmm. So I really try to break it down so that you're doing the things you need to do to start. And Mm -hmm. then you can add on 
the more advanced. It's like when we go to school, you're like in psych 101 and then you're in psych 201 and then psych 301. Right. right? So I like to get down into that initial stages because I don't want those barriers to be there for people as they grow. Okay. So that's first and foremost. So what I'm about to say is really about when you're starting out. Yeah. But from a personal brand standpoint, what I always say, the kind of the couple of nuggets I'm going to leave with everybody is that when you are first starting out, whether you're in network marketing or your own business of any kind, in order for you to stand out in the crowded market space, because yes, social media is crowded. It's more crowded than five to 10 years ago. Even LinkedIn, more and more people. I mean, I can see the messages increasing like crazy in my inbox because people are now seeing that this is going to be an awesome tool, right? It's not nowhere near where like Instagram and Facebook are at yet with it being with people understanding that it's awesome, right? Right. But it's going to get there eventually too. So the idea is that you want to stand out. How do you stand out? You have to stand out. Whatever it is that you sell, there are thousands and thousands of other people selling the exact same thing, whether it's coaching, social media services, nutritional products, skincare, clothes, it doesn't matter, right? There's thousands of other people. So the more that you are sharing you, your story, your journey, your why you are letting people get to know who you are, that is huge. That is so, so massive. And I know a lot of women have a hard time being able to do that, but it is the gold that actually gets you to stand out and to have people connect with you. The second piece that I'll share is really knowing who you are trying to connect with, right? Social media is a connection tool. It's not a spamming tool. Okay. It's a connection tool. So how do you connect with humans, right? I always talk about, we are connecting with humans. We are leveraging social media to connect with our humans. So what humans are you looking for? Who is she? Who is he? What are they currently doing? They're so often for so many of us starting with these kinds of businesses, they are us however many years ago, months ago, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that when you're telling your story or you're doing your posts or you're doing, you know, LinkedIn messages or whatever it may be, that you understand them. Mm -hmm. You know what their thoughts, fears, worries, and what their desires are. Because mm-hmm. when you know those basics, you're going to connect with them at that level. I know that's what you teach in your LinkedIn method. It's what I teach in Ignite yeah. You. Mm-hmm. This is about connection. So how do you connect? You be a human. You understand what their core needs, thoughts, and worries are. And you're offering them a solution, right? That's right. You know those things, And you know how they feel because you were there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so timely because this week we're actually in our LinkedIn training. We're talking about Discuss, you know, really getting clear on that avatar. And I'm so glad you brought this up because some of my students have said, well, I really feel like I kind of can cater to everyone, right? Like I have a, a broad reach. And I, I would love for you to speak to this because I know for me personally, the moment I stopped trying to reach everyone on LinkedIn, the moment I realized my real avatar was a mom in her late 30s with little kids with a high profile job. And I started getting really honest and real on that platform and talking about crying myself to the airport, talking about missing my child when he was diagnosed with pneumonia and I was in Maryland and my mom had to take him to the hospital, right? Like the moment I got totally vulnerable with that and I began to recruit in masses my avatar. Now, was I recruiting necessarily top level 60 year old VP men of corporate America. No, my story didn't resonate with him. And that was okay. When I initially started and I was trying to attract everyone, I was attracting no one. Can you speak to that a little Uh, bit? I have a chill about you just saying what you said about, you know, your story. I had that similar story. So here's the thing. I always use the term lukewarm, right? When you talk that whole thing, when you talk to everyone, you talk to nobody, your messages become lukewarm. Here's one of the number one things I hear from people. I don't know what to post and I don't know what to say. You don't know who you're talking to then if you don't know what to post and what to say. Yes. You don't know what to say when you're talking to everyone, because how can you talk about your skincare products to a 21 year old as well as a 45 year old and a 70 year old? No, they're going through totally different things, right? So then when you try to be like, I've got the best skincare you know, versus right. like, I have the, you know, you start talking about, look, have you looked in the mirror? And all of a sudden you're like, what happened? Right. Right. I'm seeing these wrinkles and this and what's happening. And I have some sunspots and I don't want to look like I'm 45. I don't feel like I'm 45. Right. I started using these products and I feel and look five to 10 years younger. 
now that's talking to the 45 year old, the 21 year old is not going to care about that. Right. Oh so yeah. you're going to talk to that woman and get into her heart and be like, yeah, I all of a sudden I looked in the mirror and I was like, what happened? Right. Yeah. So you have to really understand who you're talking to. Here's the big thing. Cause people are like, yeah, but it can go to everyone. Okay. Here's the thing, especially if it's a network marketing company and you're like, well, this business is for everybody. Yes. But remember what I said, we're using social media. Social media is a gift and I'm lumping LinkedIn, even though it's not really social right. media, but like these platforms, these platforms, yeah. right? We have this gift. It's our way to be able to prospect and connect with our ideal person. Mm -hmm. It's crowded. You got to stand out. How do you stand out with your story and really having a targeted message? Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that you won't be at the gym or at a party when we can do that again, or somewhere you're talking to the six year old guy yeah. and you're telling them about what you do. And they're like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Like I'd love to learn more. So what's going to happen is when you look at your overall business, right? You are going to have people that come in, whether it's business builders, customers, clients that aren't your exact avatar. Mm -hmm. That's who you're selling to. Like you can sell to anyone you want to sell to. Okay. But when you're out there marketing in a crowded, crowded online space and you're new, mm -hmm. I highly recommend that you are having that niched avatar, that struggling avatar. You really understand what they're going through and can reach them. Yeah. Now, I talk about this being like, you know, when you're in the beginning of your business, this is where I kind of chuckle. I watch some of the big gurus like in Instagram and in social media being like, you know, like almost like saying some a little bit of the opposite of like not to niche that for them and not to come up with that vulnerability as much and all that stuff. That's great when you get there. Right. I right. guarantee to start, they did those same things. Right. Because yes, once you're a network marketing, like I won't use a coach side of things. I'll use, you have a lot of network marketers that follow you. So let's say you're a network marketing and now you're like a multiple six figure business owner or six figure business owner in network marketing. You know what? You're now a leader. You're leading a huge team and teams underneath there. They're not all the corporate mom that was crying in the car to the airport. Right. Right. But that's where you started. Right. right. So I want it to, I want you to think about it from that perspective. Like when you're first starting, really dig in, really be sharing, you know, yourself and your story, getting people to know, love and trust you and really pick that person that you're talking to. Because here's a, and I, this is one last little tip. You can take a piece of paper, kind of find a blank piece of paper, take a piece of paper, you're going to draw a line down the middle of the paper. Okay. On the one side, you're going to write down for your person, which is probably you. Okay. Little hint. And you're going to write down like, the thoughts, the worries, the fears, all of those things, right? Like I could do that right now on the left-hand side of the paper of what I was feeling when I was in corporate, what I was worried about, what I was struggling with. And then on the right-hand side, what I wanted, what did I want in life? What would that future look like? What would that vision be? What do I want my day-to-day -to, -day to be like, right? You put that down on paper and you really know who you're talking to, your content is going to flow. Yes. When you get into the DMs of any platform, you're going to connect. Yes. Because even though you're using this online space to do that, once you're in the messages, once you're in the DMs of any platform, this is human to human, right? Yeah. And so I promise you that'll change the game for you. Oh my gosh. So helpful. So I hope you guys took that in, getting that sheet of paper and talking about what their pain points are and what they want, right? Because I think that's going to be an incredible starting point for a lot of people just with the content creation. I love that. I'm seeing Kristen in the chat saying that she's trying to speak to everyone and reaching no one. She's like, thank you for this. <laughs> Julie, this has been awesome. I know that everybody's loving your story, first of all. So inspirational, taking that leap of faith, leaving corporate, now living literally all out, you know, serial entrepreneur. I love kind of closing out with a piece of advice for folks who are maybe standing on the edge, kind of peeking over, you know, a lot of people that kind of follow my content are maybe they're still working full time, but they're peering across, or they've got one toe, you know, or one foot over. What is your biggest piece of advice for that leap of faith to transition knowing that it, it doesn't have to be again, that all or nothing, like leave your job today. But what is your one piece of advice to help people and encourage that leap of faith to pursue their dreams to pursue yeah entrepreneurship. So I would say, you know, I always heard the thing, you know, leap in the net will appear. And I would say whatever that leap is, if the leap is you're still in corporate and you're just starting that business or side gig and wanting to grow it, or you've been doing that and you're still holding on to staying in your corporate job that you want to leave, the most amazing thing starts to happen when you take some bold moves. I really believe the universe, God will meet you, but keep taking that step 
don't retreat and to like, so leap in the net will appear, whatever that leap may be. It doesn't need to mean necessarily mean leaping from corporate. It could be that first step though, right? right? Each step, just know that the net is going to appear with every step that you take. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's no one way to do it. Some people leap completely and some people are taking those steps as the net goes in front of them. You know what I'm yes. saying? And, and that's okay. Either one is okay, but take action. Yes. Take action because the biggest miss, well, I see a lot of different missteps, but one of the big missteps I see is that people get stuck in learning. Mm. They get stuck in consuming information. Well, if I take this other class and then this one, and then if I listen to that podcast and, and they love it and trust me, I love to learn and consume content. I'm always reading and all of those things. Keep doing that, but make sure that you're taking action. Yes. Nothing makes a difference than showing up and taking action consistently, period. Yes. I love the term imperfect action, right? Just go, just move forward. That's how you learn to ride the bike. You can study it all day long, but it's when you sit on it and you go, I love this, Julie. So where can folks find you? Yeah. So if you guys have been loving this, I have a Facebook group where I teach this kind of stuff for free every Tuesday. Okay. So it's join my Facebook group. You can just go to juliestardy.com forward slash group right to my group or listen to the podcast, you know, ignite your side hustle. My goal, as I said, like I want to break down those hurdles and those barriers when someone's first starting, Mm -hmm. when it comes to marketing and social media, you know? And so if that's where you are, definitely, you know, come to my world. I will help you. I would love to, you know, ignite that side hustle for you so that if you do want to leave corporate, if that is on your dream board, on your vision board to make it happen. Yay. Awesome. I love you and adore you. I just, you're such an inspiration. I know people are just popping up in the feed, loving this, saying thank you for sharing your story, great advice and tips. So if you guys love what Julie had to offer, definitely go check her out. She's got great content and I'm sure we'll be back together again soon. Right? Oh, just wait everyone. We there, Somehow, some way, Melissa and I will be working together in some We are sisters from another mother for sure. And I just adore you. And I'm so excited watching all that you're doing too. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Julie. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode.